Hello and welcome to Harbour Voices, a series of true story podcasts showcasing and celebrating the lives of people who call the harbour area of Aberdeen home. We'll be digging deep into the life and lives around the harbour area of Aberdeen. We'll be giving voice to some of the many stories of harbour life from those who live and work in and around its waters. I'm Katie Kavanagh, I'm the Senior Archivist at Aberdeen City and Aberdeenshire Archives. So we look after the records of the Aberdeen City Council and Aberdeenshire Council, as well as other organisations that deposit their records with us, including Port of Aberdeen, um, who deposited their Aberdeen Harbour Board collection with us. It's quite a diverse collection. We do get lots of people interested um, in family history from around the world and they come and visit us to look into that. There was a lovely file about the Queen's coronation um, in 1953 and how the harbour marked that. That was lovely. There's like plans of how they decorated the building. A visit of various mayors from Norway that came to visit the harbour in the 40s as well. So that sounds like you've got a lot of history there at your fingertips, I'd imagine. <laughs> yes. Um, what kind of dates are you working with when we're talking about the archive? So the earliest city records we have date back to the 11th or 12th century. Our oldest shire record is the 14th century. Um, in terms of the harbour collection, most of it's um, from the, I think the earliest items from the 18th century, most of it's sort of 19th and 20th century. Excellent. And so what would be a typical day be like for you then? Is it something that, or particularly looking at the port records, the archives you have there, what kind of things do you do in that regard? Our involvement with the harbour collection it, sort of dates back to 2015 so originally we were sort of involved in surveying the records when they were at the harbour board and we led a volunteer project to sort of clean and catalogue some of the photographs there. If you were to talk to someone who's never heard of an archive what would you say the value of it is is you know for us as a, as a city in the Shire to actually have and particularly the records that you have with the port and the harbour? I suppose really it's like a historical record that shows the significance of the harbour um, to Aberdeen. As a port city it's played a major role in sort of the city's development and, and trade throughout the centuries and the harbour itself is claims to be the oldest business in Britain. Wow. Um, their original charter dates back to, I think it's 1136. And so that was a charter granted by King David I. So that's a, such a long history and an association with the city council. Councillors were involved in the commission throughout the sort of route to the 1960s, I think. So there's really a big relationship between the city and the port as well. And do you think there's something special? Obviously, we've heard this amazing statistic about it's been the longest, you know, one of the busiest and sort of working harbours. But is there anything that you can um, think of that sort of makes Aberdeen, you know, typically Aberdeen as a kind of harbour area? Is there something that stands out? As a collection, it's really, we were comparing the harbour collection to other harbour collections around Scotland. And ours really stood out because of the richness of the photographic archive, which you don't normally get in a harbour collection. So that includes, there's a, about 1,700 glass plates, um, which are very delicate to handle. Um, and they'd been stored up in the loft at the harbour board. And there was about 4,500 other sort of formats as well. And we were a bit puzzled about where all these all the glass plates had come from in the first place. But after a bit of detective work, we found that um, we think it's um, the harbour engineer at the early part of the 20th century had a camera and took lots of pictures of his work. But he was also involved in the Scottish Fishery Board, so he took his camera with him as he was visiting other 
harbours because we, we were looking through them going that's definitely not Aberdeen but it's still a harbour I don't understand what's happening here um, but we've managed to sort of trace him going around most all the sort of harbours on the Murray um, Firth up to sort of Shetland um, Orkney over to the, the Hebrides as well um, and he also appears to have taken the camera um, on holiday with him. So there's lots of family snaps of different um, places around Scotland. And they, him and his wife seem to have gone on a Baltic sea cruise. So there's a few bits of like Germany, Sweden, Copenhagen, I think as well. So that, the photographs are really my sort of highlight for me of the collection. Um, and we've got some of those on display at the moment at the art gallery. So that's, that was really nice to be able to work with our colleagues at the art gallery on that. What an amazing find. And, you know, if it hadn't been for this person and his desire to, to kind of document and obviously the sense of pride he must have had in his work, that he was just going out and wanting to photograph it and keep it for, you know, well, I bet yeah. he wouldn't have thought even now we'd be talking about them maybe, but it'd be mm, great if you could find a, the relative of the person who was taking all the pictures back in the, the day. <laughs> yes, we have actually had some contact from one of his granddaughters, I think it is. Wow. Um, and she's been really helpful in identifying who's who in the photographs um, and helping us to date them because we, I could see that, um, I think it must have been her aunt, no, was it her great aunt, um, was appearing at different ages in some of the photographs but because she could give me the date of birth that was really helpful to try and work out roughly when they were taken. Um, and I think there was a couple of photographs of her father as a very young child. So that was lovely. Oh, that is lovely. It's yeah. almost, it must be so heartwarming for people, you know, to find their relatives in these archives, particularly one that had been so prolific in documenting their lives. They had a real yes. sense of pride in their life, I think, you know, yes. just to, to actually document it so, so readily. It's incredible to have that rich tapestry, I suppose, of history that, as you said, is quite unique that this person had a camera and was, was going out and actually documenting it. I was going to say, is there any, do you feel like you get a sense of the people that you've been looking at through all the years, the kind of character, the kind of way of life for people back then um, in that massive archive that you that we are lucky to have? Yes, I guess because the so many people would have worked either in the fishing industry or the shipbuilding industry and been associated with the harbour. And you get a sense from all the, there's a big collection of plans for buildings that were put up across the Harbour Estate um, and just the range of businesses there that were all sort of intertwined with the Harbour. Yeah, it's really, it just shows how significant it was to, to Aberdeen and continues to be because it's such a central role in the oil and gas industry now, isn't it? And that's so significant in Aberdeen and the new renewables industries, I guess. It feels like it's a constant evolving kind of thing, isn't it? Like it starts out one way, but we're still using the harbour, we're still getting businesses coming, yes. we're investing in the preservation of the future with the renewables that they're investing in and the expansion mm. of the harbour as well. Um, so it feels like it's just one of these kind of like, well, it's a living history, isn't it? It keeps getting added to and added to, and this is why it's really nice to have this collection that we do have because people can dip in and they can see where we've come from. So maybe that might help, um, you know, with future plans. And I think that's what, why the Port of Aberdeen was so keen to support us with this project because it's sort of, it's a record of how they've sort of evolved over time and reacted to the changes in sort of industry as well. 
Yeah, is there any significant periods that you can think of when you're reflecting on the archive that you sort of think, well, these were standout moments in history? I think the war periods are really interesting. We've got a big collection of files to do with the Second World War period. Access to the harbour was quite restricted. I guess if spies had got in there, that could have been a risk. That was quite interesting. And the transcription project I mentioned earlier, that was focused on the arrival registers, so the ships coming into the harbour in the First World War period. You see all the um, naval vessels coming in and out, and at the time, whoever was filling out the register would make little notes about sort of the progress of the First World War. Um, so you get mentions of sort of how naval battles have gone, um, the death of Lord Kitchener in 1916 at sea. Um, so it's, that's really interesting. How long have you been working at the archive for and how did you kind of get into this job? Oh, um, so I started in this post in 2015. So I've been here seven years. Um, prior to that, I worked at the University Archive actually here in Aberdeen. And then previously I'd worked down in London and at York's um, University Archives as well. I did a history degree and I just found history fascinating. So this this is sort of a practical way of applying sort of my historical knowledge and getting to investigate things further. No two days are the same. You get a different, um, you get to work with different collections or different inquiries each day. So you're always learning, which is, I really enjoyed that aspect of the work. Most of our records are sort of the official version of history because we're a, because it's the local government records but you do get little of snapshots of the local dialect and particularly in school records they're they're really interesting. So we've been working in Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire for a while now is there any sort of standout moments that you might have? I suppose when we were doing the survey and we saw the extent of the collection that was quite a <laughs> um, quite a day because yeah 80 linear meters it's diff I guess it's difficult to imagine but it's, it's a lot of a lot, a very significant large collection for us. But just thinking about how we were going to fit it in our buildings was quite an undertaking. Um, and then the day they are, all the records were moved over, um, they were sort of piled up in our search room ready to move into the stores. It was it was a great day because we'd been working on it for so long. I think it took three or four years to actually move the, to get to the point when the collection was ready to move over to us. And then the, yeah, the question of whether I'd measured everything correctly and there was going to be enough space. <laughs> But it just, it just about fit, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been quite, um, yeah, actually realising the extent of that collection must have been a big day for you because yes. it's just getting the, the work the work power to, to, to start processing it and archiving it. What, what are we going to be doing with the archive? Is it just here now so people can dip in or is there any plans for the archive? And we'd love it if people are interested to, to welcome them to Old Aberdeen House and see the collection themselves. The archive, it's at... We've got two offices, but the harbour materials mainly at our old Aberdeen House office, which is open Monday to Wednesday. Yes, we're very happy if people want to come and view it. There's lots of potential for research, so I think hopefully some history students at the university might be interested in pursuing this further at some point. We do quite a bit of work with schools, so city and shire schools will uh, contact us and ask if we, can, if we can do outreach sessions for them using our collections. If a school wanted to do something about the harbour, there's a lot of scope for us to be able to develop things with them as well. Looking at the archive and seeing where we're at now, can you, what would you like to see for the future of the harbour? I suppose just continuing its role in the city. There's now scope for them to be able to take cruise liners there, so that's a really interesting development. Hopefully that'll 
draw more people into visiting Aberdeen as well. Well, Luke, thank you so much for joining us on the Harbour Voices podcast. What's the best website for people who are listening that might be interested in, in having a dip in the archive? Um, if you go to the Aberdeen City Council website, we are there's a section called Our Services and we sit underneath the library and archives bits. So you can just click on that and then it will take you to Aberdeen City and Aberdeenshire Archives. And there's a little bit on there about the maritime records and the harbour. That would probably be Excellent. the best way to start. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on. Really appreciate you giving us your time. And thanks for sharing the fascinating archive that we're so lucky to have here in Aberdeen. This podcast has been produced by Open Road, a company that champions true life stories and histories. Harbour Voices has been supported by the Year of Scottish Stories 2022 Community Stories Fund. This fund has been delivered in partnership between Visit Scotland and Museums Gallery Scotland with support from the National Lottery Heritage Fund. It's also been supported by Creative Scotland's Culture Collective Fund. Thank you to all our funders. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share and spread the word.